Welcome to the Defending Freedom Podcast. My name is Kenya Alou. I'm a mother, wife, and freedom-loving American. If you believe America is worth fighting for, you've arrived at the right place. I believe America's best years are ahead of us, and that's why this podcast was built for you. Hello, welcome to the Defending Freedom Podcast. This is Kenya Alou. I'm excited to be here with Rosalie Escobedo and Luli Seri. I think I pronounced the last name right. Did I? Okay, because if I'm wrong, correct me. Um, I'm excited uh, to have them here today. We're going to talk about a bunch of stuff. These women are pillars in the conservative movement here locally in North Texas, and um, they've got some big things going on. And Rosalie and I are from the same place, El Paso, Texas. And um, Luli, where are you from? I'm originally from Buenos Aires, Argentina, way south. <laughs> way south. Okay, so tell me, like, I want to talk about a little background just um, so you, my audience can get to know you two, because you're going to be regular guests on here, and I want them to get to know some of your background, because we're obviously not going to cover that every time. They're just going to get to know you. So tell me about when you came to the United States, why you came, what that process was like and everything. So originally I came to the U.S. just for a small work assignment. I was doing some training from a, another comp- the same company that I was working for in Argentina. And during that traveling, I met the person who now is my husband. So after my assignment was done, we go to the point where up, should we continue or not? So we decided we eloped and got married in Vegas. Oh my God. <laughs> it was a pretty interesting situation. And so, yeah, we I went through the green card process. I had to get a sponsor to sponsor me to come into this country. And now over five years ago, I became a U.S. citizen. Thank God. That Congratulations. Was a, yes. One of the best days of my life. Yeah. And that that then leads on why I became the activist that I am now, because I left a country due to the country decaying. And now we're seeing a lot, way too many similarities in this country happening on a much, much faster pace than they did at home. Oh, wow. Okay. So you came and you got married and you, you went through the whole process, but you became a citizen five years ago. Yes. Now, when you became a citizen five years ago, did you see these changes already happening right away? Or did, was it like all of a sudden, or I mean, were you even noticing it at first or were you just, so I first came to this country. It's funny. I started the first day as to, a step foot in this country was January 9th of 2009, briefly before Obama started his presidency. And actually, yes, I started to see patterns then. And I remember I would have discussions with my husband. I'm like, I see patterns. And he was like, you're crazy. You're crazy. The U.S. is different. You're crazy. And now he finally sees the light and he sees what I'm seeing because it's happening much larger now but even back then in 2009 I was seeing patterns here and there but it was not as in your face as it's nowadays. Was your husband um, was he born in the United States? 
Yes, he's originally okay. from Michigan. Yes. Okay. And w- w- is he a conservative? Was he a conservative? He's an independent, but he leans more. Well, nowadays, everybody that was in the center is to the right because the left has gone so far left. But yeah, yeah, he wouldn't identify as an independent. He's kind of like Rand Paul kind of guy. Hey, I can respect independence totally. Totally love independence. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay. Okay. So we'll come, we'll come back to that. Rosalie, yes. tell us a little bit about um, your, I mean, Rosalie is an attorney. If you don't know, if you haven't seen her around, she's pretty much in all the political areas. Um, yeah. But I think it's interesting that she's in the industry she's in because mm-hmm. most people in that industry are not conservative. Conservative, and if very they are, liberal. And if they are conservative, they're very quiet. And Rosalie mm-hmm. is not quiet. She's very public about what she believes. Yes. And I also want to credit being so public to Kenya because she was a forerunner and a pioneer in this. Um, We became friends on Facebook. We have uh, mutual family member friends. And I saw her just going to town with conservatism, traditionalism, Trump, 2015, 16, (laughs) all the years. And I was like, She's killing it in the marketplace. She's a wonderful family member. She's got, you know, all these friendships. Why can't I do it? And so it was at a time that was kind of pivotal where you could either decide to be quiet and kowtow to the masses, but the Lord actually told me get louder and get bolder. And so seeing people that were already doing it, like Kenya, just kind of, she was the pioneer. She paved the way. I'm like, so what? Like, this is going to be a lot of fun. The more people that hate me, the more genuine friendships that I'm going to make along the way. And so this has been just a hard time, but now a wonderful time. I think we're on the opposite side of it where we don't even care anymore about the people that don't think the same way we do. Um, But we don't return hatred to the opposite side if they don't think the same. Um, So my background is Texan, tried and true. I love Texas. Uh, Was (laughs) born in El Paso, grew up in DFW area, um, went to UNT for undergrad, studied political science, actually grew up in a Democrat household, but more like your JFK Democrats. So my parents to this day, did not vote for Biden because they were so scared of all the things I told them about him that aren't in alignment with, you know, what they thought the Democrat Party still, you know, was and is not anymore. Um, And so I did walk away after I went to law school. I went to law school in New Orleans, a very social justice uh, school. So um, kind of everything from the liberal curriculum at UNT which is nowhere as liberal as it is now. Um, It was still a little bit fair, you know, back when I went to school and the social justice school, it pretty much grew me to be a liberal attorney, which is the majority of attorneys. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I came out, I had a radical movement with uh, Jesus Christ, just wrecking my life and getting, setting me straight. And then he started working on my political beliefs. (laughs) And so for me, to be a remnant Christian, there's certain things that were pivotal and it started with the pro-life movement. Um, And so with that, it kind of, he was very clear with me. The Holy Spirit told me, 
you are only allowed to back people that are pro-life. Well, that really made my politics easy. From that point, all the confusion kind of fell off. Um, so I've been a Republican. I've been a conservative. Um, I'm very grassroots, not establishment, and I'm not afraid to shake things up a little bit. And and that's good. That's okay. There is a movement that is going in the direction of getting sick and tired of the compromise and the people that have been in power. I mean, we're in Texas. We're in a place where we've got the governorship. We've got the lieutenant governorship. We've got the House and we've got the Senate. And still, we don't accomplish these things that are on the Republican platform that go to the convention that the grassroots people participate in and we don't see them turn into action items. And so that's kind of where I started getting involved. I just went all in. I was like, you know what? I'll do convention. I'll do every meeting. I will do precinct chair, election judge, everything that I need to do. Um, let's make it happen. And so yeah. I'm not exactly happy with where we're at right now, but I know that the future is better because my hope is in Christ and not in government. <laughs> Amen. Um, seriously, though, I love that <clears throat> that you you don't just talk loud on Facebook. You actually are action. Um, I see it. And one thing I want the audience to know, all the freedom defenders out there, is that you know I'm a I'm a wife and a mom and a real estate agent and a businesswoman and. And Lily is an executive and Rosalie is an attorney. And we all have our things that we, that we have to do, you know, and, but it's, but we're still involved. And I love that you talked about how, I mean, thank you for sharing that I inspired you to be louder because um, that's what the purpose of this podcast is mm-hmm. really is one of the main, main things is to encourage, inspire, and equip people to get involved. Christians need to be involved in mm-hmm. the political arena because they, they stayed out of it for so long and we've given it over. And that's why we're in the fight that we're in. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. So let's talk. You guys have a big, you guys have a big thing coming up. And I want to promote it. It's very exciting. There's, there's going to be a rally and tell me about the rally and tell me about who's going to be there, why it's important, what issues we're talking about here, because Lord knows we have a ton of issues and I could hear the frustration in your voice, Rosalie, when you said that, you know, we have a Republican government basically, Mm -hmm. and they're not doing anything that we want them to do that we put them in office to do they pretend they are but yeah. they're they're really not yeah and anything i mean I, we've heard it touted right this last session that it was the most conservative session up to date but any of the action items right like constitutional carry any pro life actions right all of those had to be pounced on you know, like hammered calls show up like we have to force them to do the right thing. It's not like, hey, we're in power. Let's lead first. Let's uh, be a legislator. Let's be a governor. Let's be you know, someone that's actually moving the ball forward. At every single juncture, we have to fight with them to achieve these items. And that's not right. And not even achieve. 
they're still giving us pennies on the dollar on these priorities that they pass because we get diluted versions of what should be the law. An example is election integrity. Election integrity, you would at least expect that they would have reverted the way that we vote in Texas pre-COVID, and they didn't. They still extended the hours, they lowered the penalty to a class B demeanor. How, how are we helping election integrity by lowering the punishment? And then these things get combined with things what happened like with Ken Paxton, that he cannot enforce the, attorney, the district attorneys to enforce the law. So now that creates a vicious circle, election integrity, we have no penalty, we have district attorneys that will not enforce, not even this misdemeanor. So we are creating lawlessness. And these are things that are very, very familiar to me because I was raised in a country where we had no judicial system whatsoever. And it's because of practices exactly like this, corrupted government that, as Rosalie said, we have the trifecta of House, Senate, Lieutenant Governor, Governor. And we have a Speaker of the House that is doing, is behaving like a Democrat, making head of committee to Democrats that they have the minority because, oh, we have to meet halfway. No. Uh, we're not meeting halfway. They're like getting into our court. They're past our court. They're inside of our house right now. We, they keep on pushing us and pushing us. So th that is why none of our priorities got passed. So that is the reason why we decided to put this rally together. It's like so many people, we, we know people in several areas. You mentioned a priority, we know something. So Rosalie, myself, Jackie, that she's an, another member of this committee, we were talking, it's like, okay, we need to do something. So what we decided is to join forces as to all of us, instead of having like a rally for vaccine mandate, something for the border, something for election integrity, let's all join forces because there's only one solution to all these issues. And that is a fourth special session for our representatives to pass the laws that they should have passed last year. <laughs> so the year before actually was 2020. <laughs> I lost track, I apologize. They're all running together right now. <laughs> yeah, they're all running together right now. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah. so, so you got together with all these other leaders of these specific things and you said, let's do something together, a big event. Yes, that's going so, to get the attention of our representatives so that they do what they should have already done. Yes, yes, we have the sponsorship of Bob Hall, the representative right. sponsorship, because we're holding this event at the Texas Capitol, February the 5th, from 1 to 4 p.m. So we are focusing on all of these priorities, being protect the border, ban vaccine mandates and medical tyranny, address critical race theory and the sexual grooming of our children in schools, that it's that is disgusting. a very hot topic that is disgusting what you're doing. Children should be children. They shouldn't be yeah. reading, not even, some adults shouldn't be reading those materials. <laughs> right. <laughs> I tell you. Exactly. Uh, mm -hmm. And other cases like the gender modification in children. Is, that just... is crazy. Yeah. The whole, you know, Jeff Younger and, and James, it just kills me what yeah. they have done to that little boy, the abuse that 
our government, his mother, the doctors, the psychiatrists, the, the judges have put this child through is just, I, my heart breaks for him because he's nine years old now, I think, yeah. right? He's nine and he's been going through, through this since he was three. And this is something that yeah. it has an effect on you. He's going to have to have help when he's older. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. so heartbreaking. Yeah. And our representatives allow that. That's why. And actually, Jeff Younger is one of our speakers. I he, love it. Oh, I love him. He's like, yeah, he will be there speaking about the gender modification. Then Seth Keshel would be speaking about election integrity. Then we have Victor Avila and Weston Martinez to talk about the border. Uh, then we are, of course, we're covering cri- critical race theory. We leave one bunch. And then we have, nice. we have several speakers. <laughs> I cannot tell you the list, the whole list, but in www.savetexasrally.com, they can find every speaker and all the information. Okay, I will put that in our in the show notes and so that people have access to it. Um, I'm sure it's going to be an incredibly amazing event. Uh, oh, I can't wait. <laughs> and I would love to someday have Jeff on the podcast too, to share uh, what he's really, I want his message spread so far and wide because it's such a travesty and so criminal um, child abuse. Um, but so, okay. Talk to me about pick your most favorite. They're all important, but pick yeah. <laughs> your favorite one, Rosalie, and let's dig into it a little bit. Yeah. So I think for Luli, Jackie, and myself, we all came very heavy on the border issue. Um, that's something that we've been dedicated to for at least the past year. Um, you know, we've been going down to the border. We've been seeing some of this stuff firsthand and nothing is being accomplished. Being from the border, you and I, El Paso, um, it's something that is very near and dear to our hearts because we still have family members that are out in Flint, Texas, Fabens, Texas, um, El Paso itself, and they're being directly affected. So we have gone down to, you know, Edinburgh, to McAllen, um, the Brackettville area, Kinney County, Maverick County, and essentially, it's ridiculous what, what Governor Abbott is touting that he is getting done and accomplishing. It is comical because when you go out there in the middle of broad daylight, you see people that are migrating up. Um, there's certain counties where maybe they have two or three people at any given time in the sheriff's office that you can call with one of those people being 70 years old. Uh, they only have maybe like 10 you know, jail cells. So they may, may be at capacity. They can't, they have to start partnering with other counties to maybe fill these places. Um, and then when they do call, they're essentially calling, you know, someone to pick them up, but it's basically a facilitation process to just, you know, take them on the buses, take them on the airplanes, which I have seen firsthand where they're given some sort of manila envelope with UN paperwork, they do not have an ID, and we as taxpayers are paying for this, um, for them to essentially get flown throughout the country. Um, the other aspect that is near and dear to my heart is Hold human on, trafficking. Time out. <clears throat> time out. Yeah. 
They're it getting put on insane. airplanes mm-hmm. it, because not everybody is tapped into the right news sources. Okay. Yeah. So you've been there physically. You've seen mm-hmm. this with your own eyes. Okay. They're being basically shipped off to live in different parts of the country. Yes. Um, so um, let, maybe they mm-hmm. have a family member or alleged to have a family member right now. Um, that's what's happening. <laughs> there isn't this COVID check, you know, point at, as you cross the border, there isn't this like, you know, let's make sure none of these people have like molested children before or, and the things that are happening in process to get across the border that we have been made aware of are inhumane. I mean, we are talking about children that are being killed to scare the people that are being moved with the coyotes at checkpoints. We're talking about rapes. We're talking about rape trees where you're seeing items and articles of clothing where the coyotes are claiming, I raped this person, let's put this little girl's panties on a tree to scare everyone in process. This is not humane. And so when we're asking Abbott to do something more, we're not just saying it as, you know, I mean, I'm Hispanic, Luli's Hispanic from Argentina, Jackie's from Panama. What? You know, I mean, this is because we have a heart for the people that are crossing because we don't want more people to end up in servitude because essentially, even if they come over and let's say they pay the cartel a thousand dollars, but they still owe the coyote like a couple G's on top of that, who keeps the record? That's an indentured servitude until they die or you're betting that the cartel is going to actually keep records that are accurate. So, and then there's the terrorism and the safety factor and everything. And so we've seen solutions like barbed wire (laughs) fences thrown out by Abbott that go up about three feet high. All they do is cut through it. That's it. You you know, we've seen um, shipping containers that actually say China (laughs) shipping container and that that's supposed to be something that's stopping the migration. Well, there's holes between it. It's not manned. There's Humvees with with empty Humvees that are sitting out there and people are just passing through. So this is a big joke. And I know that there is a lot of money that's going to NGOs. There is a lot of corruption with this whole entire process. That's where we got really activated. Um, Now, all of these other items that we talked about, we care a lot about election fraud, ending human trafficking. All of those are very important to us as well. This was just something that for me, God compelled me to go and gave me peace to go and to see it for myself. And we started very simply with, you know, bringing uh, meals and, and things for the border patrol agents because they are just beat down. You know, there is no, we would see them kind of like holding their head low and having mandatory overtime. We just wanted to encourage them that they weren't the monsters that the media said that they were, and that Mm -hmm. we really appreciate the fact that they are keeping our sovereignty and our safety, and they are doing a thankless job. And also, by the way, most Border Patrol agents are Hispanic themselves. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, this is very personal and and, you know, we went down one time for the, the, Del, the Del Rio trail ride because there was such a lie that was being perpetuated about somebody whipping, you know, Haitians off of a horse and it was completely manufactured. And so 
We're trying at every angle to debunk the lies, to see it for ourselves, um, to spread that truth, to try and help in whatever way we can. But really the solution has got to be at the governor, at the state level, because we know we're not gonna get federal aid. So we've got to build our own wall. We've got to, whoever's going to be the land commissioner, which we have some great people that are running for those lands, they have got to be secured, right? With a new person that's coming in. Um, we got a lot of work to do. <laughs> this is such a stark difference from what we had with Trump and how he handled the border. And now it's like, we're, it, we've gone so backwards. But the problem is that not only we don't have a president that puts the limitations that Trump did. We have a federal government that is enabling these. Mm -hmm. Through Rosalind mentioned those NGOs, those nonprofits. For example, um, Catholic charities. Yeah. They are one of the biggest ones that are moving people around in the buses and the and the and the planes. But that that is not where they end. Me having family in South America, they run commercials in Facebook, in Telemundo, in CNN Espanol, telling people to come to America that Biden will pay for their stuff. Oh my gosh. These, these caravans of hundreds of thousands of people don't just brew out of nowhere. They're orchestrating this because this is all part of the, a gameplay that they played already in my country and the border, election integrity, critical race theory, vaccine mandates, all of these are linked together into making the US weak so that the government can take over this country and put us in this communist agenda. Absolutely. It's all planned, no coincidence. We have, a, we, have a, um, we have an employee that lives in Venezuela and he's young, he's like 22. And he told my husband that what he sees happening to us here is exactly what they did to them 10 years ago. And he, he said his, the people are like, oh my gosh, what are they, why are, why are Americans letting this happen? Like they just, like, do we not learn from what's happened in other countries and what's happened? No, because they're, the, the brainwashing is so thick into our kids and in the commercials, it's everywhere, commercials, yeah. TV shows, the news, the schools, everything you do, there's some kind of agenda behind the messaging. Yeah, so we asked that same question too, right? Uh, Jackie, she had an incredible vision prior to this rally. We saw people in France, in Germany, taking to the streets and saying, no more with these vaccine mandates. Like they're going in mass to peacefully protest. Why are Texans quiet? Why are we sitting in our houses? Why are we resigned to sending an email, sending a letter, making phone calls? Nothing happens and we sit idly by. We're Texans, <laughs> we're Americans. And so that's the disconnect. We don't understand the complacency when we have everything to lose and we have the most freedom and we have the most history and everything about us to our founding fathers, to our lineage, to the people that come from different countries and have more care and are less compromised than Americans, we don't understand the inaction. 
And so when we were thinking about this rally, it's that we wanted to have that visualization of people to show up, number one. And number two, we didn't want um, you know, a situation where we go, we pat each other on the back, God bless America, and then we go home, but we achieve no nothing. So with every speaker, with everyone that we carefully selected, we want action items. So even if they sign up and after the fact, we're emailing something out, hey, can you please send this email? Can you send this letter? Or real time, if they're saying, I need everyone to get on your cell phones, go here, click this and send. We want to have measurable metrics to show numbers, to show quantity, to show what we are able to accomplish. That goes to Luli and what she does every day in her job. She is one of the most organized people, the most numerically based people you will ever have. And it's, it's so differently run this committee in terms of like egalitarian, fairness, voice, and, and having like every, every meeting we have is what have we accomplished? What are we doing now? Everyone has action items and we move forward. And I think on a bigger scale, if the grassroots movement could get structured in this way, because our counterparts are structured, the migration, like she said, they're structured in, okay, we're going to have a media blast campaign. We're going to have people, we're going to have money. They're going to have backpacks that they're going to pick up to sustain them along the caravan, right? There is a structure to it. And what's very disjointed in the conservative grassroots movement is that we're too independent. There's a lot of ego and there's little accomplished. And so there's got to be a big change in how we do things or we're going to be stagnant or continue to lose our territory. I mean, really, we are losing territory in Texas. We haven't seceded it. It isn't a war. But when you have people and ranchers at the border who are saying, I no longer feel comfortable living here. I no longer feel comfortable moving on my own property within a short perimeter in broad daylight because I have to figure out if I have a baby on my hip and another child, how quickly I'm going to position a child and get a gun in front of me. This is ridiculous. We have seceded this land for all intents and purposes. And then the other options are, are we going to sell it to China? Because who the heck wants to buy border property right now <laughs> to California, China, or Russia? And that can't happen because now it's going to come closer into our neighborhoods. It's already in our neighborhoods, but the issues that are creeping up are going to be in DFW. They are in Houston. They're already here, but it's going to be even more intense the more we allow it. And then the other aspect of it is like we're seeing in New York right now where they're allowing so many non-citizens to have voting rights, what do you think these people are gonna have in Democrat areas, right? So if you allow them to have voting rights, these very slim margins that we're winning by, right? Like these, these small percentages, they cease to exist because more likely than not, the Democrats have given the free things to the new you know, people that are coming into our country, how do we think they're gonna vote? That's very, very unfair and it's very intentional. It just makes no sense to me that people who aren't citizens would be allowed to vote in this country. It makes no sense to me at all. And I'm 
guessing you're talking about their local elections, but eventually they're going to figure out a way how to make them in the federal elections. Mm-hmm. And really with the voter fraud that's happening, it's already, you know, they're already doing it. So, but there, why is the left and some of the right so dead set against having law and order? Because they're corrupted. That is the answer. It's corruption. It's people that they don't care of the people. They care about their own goods. That's what socialism is. Socialism is a party that only a few are invited. And these people are the few that are going to be invited. That's why they don't care what they're doing to us. And that is why this rally that we're putting together is so important. Because as we are seeing, the pace of the events in this country, if you compare to other countries, even Venezuela, Argentina, any other country that fall into this socialism, communism model, they moved in a much slower pace because they didn't want people to realize here is in your face. That's why this rally and this first special session is so key. We don't have time to wait until the midterms. We cannot wait until next year at the pace that these people are destroying our country by next January, when these people take their positions, if we win the election and they don't steal it by fraud because of our weak election integrity bill, even if we mm-hmm. have this red wave that everybody's anticipating, what will be the shape of our state and country by then if we don't do something? And Governor Abbott can promulgate a special session whenever. He has no limitation whatsoever, but he has been refusing to do it, even though he has like three dozens of representatives pushing him to do so. I think that people need to start asking themselves why. Why Mm -hmm. are representatives are not giving us everything that they should be giving us? And it's because of this corruption, Kenya. They don't care. They want everything to burn because that will give them more power. We will be all under that is government thumb and Mm -hmm. we will have no freedoms. We will be a yes, dear, yes, daddy government. That's what they want. They want submissive people like the left. Look at the left. That's what they want. And conservatives won't have it. That's why they're attacking us with everything they can. White supremacists, racist, you name it. It's like, yeah, it's like, it doesn't matter if you're Latina, if you're Black, if you're Indian, you're a racist, oh, yeah. you're a white supremacist. It's, it's it doesn't racist. matter. You're They're racist. desperate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's so ridiculous. Um, I, I love the passion that I hear in you guys. And again, <laughs> the, the, the event, the rally is on February 5th from one to four. Is that right? Yeah. From one to four amazing speakers. I know you're going to get a massive crowd out there. Um, I'm going to start promoting it. I'm super excited. Um, we'll put the, we'll put the link to the website now. Um, I'm sure all the details are on the website as far as, um, location, maybe parking. I don't know all that stuff. It's going to be amazing. Um, and really I love the call to action part. I, that's the most important thing because we can shout and scream and yell all we want, but people don't know what to do. And so unless we tell them like, this is what you can do to, to make an impact and to help change and to help hold our people accountable and to help get the right people in office, 
um, they won't know. So this is very important. And thank you guys for doing that because it's, what is the name of your committee? We don't know yet. So we are this Save Texas Rally. We are we are a peaceful rally and prayer. Uh, that that is our committee currently because we are besides the actions that Rosalie mentioned and the speakers explained the topics. The main pillar of this rally is God and prayer because God is who will save us. This is a fight between good and evil. It's crazy. So now more than ever, we need to focus on the issue, on the actions, and pray for a fast resolution of the mm -hmm. issue through these actions. Let me tell you, if people did not realize that the battles we fight are spiritual 100%, there are principalities, it's a, there's like a spiritual war going on all the mm -hmm. time. If people didn't realize it before 2020, surely by now they realize it because yeah. to me, it's so obvious. Mm -hmm. Just the amount of demonic activity that we are witnessing, it's just it's so obvious um, what's behind it and what's going on. And, you know, we have to focus on Jesus, pray and, um, yeah. you know, and act, you yeah. know, do what he tells us to do. Like he told you to be vocal. You're being vocal. Mm -hmm. He told you guys to go to the border. You went to the border. He told, you know, he doesn't want us to sit in a prayer closet 24 seven and just pray. He wants us mm -hmm. to pray and he wants to give us direction. And then he wants us to act on what he tells us to do. Amen. And we are of a kingdom, which is a heavenly kingdom, which yields dominion. And so that's the thing is that when, where they have taken territory, we're going offensively to take it back. And everything that they have stolen for us, that they have robbed from us, that they have killed, that they have destroyed, everything can be redeemed in the kingdom of Jesus Christ. And so we hold fast to it. We put on our armor and we go on the front lines with, you know, our spiritual shields on and with our swords and, and prayed up and covered up in prayer. And we do not fear anything. And so I think sometimes we have to fall back and remember, yes. We are, you know, United States citizens. We are Texans, but we belong to the kingdom of Jesus Christ, which is even more powerful than anything that we've talked about, right? Up until this point. And so that dominion is where we operate out of, and it has power. It is not about the names of the people that are mm -hmm. on the committee. It's not even the names of the people that are speaking there, but what he is going to do that day, I know is going to to shake things up. Um, we actually found out that there is a prayer walk that is happening right before this, where they are walking around the Capitol in prayer and it is ending right as our rally stop starts. So we know that God is going before us. He's going to go after us. He's going to take care of the weather. That's what we've noticed. Even when we go to like the border and we're freaked out, we'll be driving <laughs> to the border and, and there's a share. And there's a, cause we're like, what are we getting into? You know, we had all our gadgets <laughs> the first time we went, like some people had guns, <laughs> you know, uh, Luli had a machete. <laughs> like, we Oh my had, gosh. Stop we it. Had, you it did? was ridiculous. 
And there was literally a sheriff like every 10 miles. Like it was so safe. It wasn't even funny in the middle of broad daylight on main streets. And so we know God's going to go before us. We know he's going to bring the people. We've already had some incidents of like many distractions, but he's, he's keeping those at bay. And we just pray. Our, our prayer is that we would have a thousand or more people show up because we really want this to have an impact. Uh, for people to show up in Austin, that is a sacrifice and that is major. And so that's, that's what we're hoping for. You've got a little bit less than a month to make your travel plans, people. So, I mean, as many of us uh, that can get there, it's going to be fun and amazing. And you'll, you'll be in, in an amazing fight with like-minded people that are, that's worth it. It will be worth your time to go. So, um, I want to thank you guys for coming on and sharing. And, uh, I can't wait for the rally. If everybody could just get two or three people, I mean, what are we, uh, three, four hour drive from Austin? Yeah. Three, four hours. Three and a half each. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and it's from one to four. So that's perfect because literally if people can't stay the night, you drive up in the mm-hmm. morning, you go, and then you have, you can get home in the, in, in that same day. Um, or you can make a day a, a night of it and have some fun and hang out with friends. Um, I'm not sure how fun Austin is to hang out in right now, uh, <laughs> but, but you know, so anyway, thank you guys for coming on. I love you both. And I want to have you back on soon. And thank you all for listening, all of you freedom defenders, and we'll see you in the next episode. Thanks for listening. Please leave a rating wherever you download podcasts and be sure to subscribe so you never miss a future episode of the Defending Freedom podcast.